Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here in Keep Canada Weird, my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories that caught our eye over the past week. In tonight's episode, which was recorded on the evening of February 26, 2023, Aaron and I put on our toques and walk out into the cold, weird Canadian wind. You're going to hear about the birthday party we attended for a 111-year-old, we're going to talk about a cop who lost his job, we're going to talk gift cards, and we'll break down a collection of the weirdest Canadian crimes that last week had to offer. So let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport, February 26th, 2023. We're here to fulfill our mandate to keep Canada weird. But before we tackle that task, let me ask, how are you? What's new? Tell me something that will make me envious of the amazing life you're living down there. Oh, this question every week. It's like, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Oh, what you do? Nothing. Nothing. So just tell us what you did. You must have done something. You couldn't I'm have I'm trying said... to remember the week. I, I worked. Uh, you know, I, I did things. Boring. I know. Just stop asking me that. No <laughs> one cares but you. Uh, rather than asking you what you did, is there anything happening in the world that you're like watching or paying attention? I don't mean in terms of a TV show, but in terms of a developing story or anything going, anything interesting you? I've you been, you know, watching a lot of the coverage of the year anniversary of the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. Oh, well, that'll lighten things up. Yeah, I've been uh, watching and keeping up on a lot of that. So, What have I been following? I don't think there's anything in the news that I've been following. I've just been um, going to value villages and flea markets and living. I think what no, the yeah. kids would say is like living my best life. Living your best life. I was at Value Village today. Oh, and what did you find? Uh, a few shirts. Any That's usually what? Any you bought like that? Oh, good? yeah. I bought four shirts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, inflation has even affected Value Village. Were the shirts expensive? Inflation has affected Value Village for years now. It's, yeah. The prices have raised there significantly over the past 10 years. The grocery stores are just catching up to what Value Village started on shirts. Yeah, they finally kind of looked into Value Village's business model and was like, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, uh, I'm going to raise prices too. They've been doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think I've had any good. F you know what my best find was uh, lately is a tea kettle that I got at a value mm. at a value village uh, recently. I bought it. It was really ugly inside and like looked a little crappy. And I was like, I can clean that up. Uh, and I put vinegar. Actually, here's a story. I put vinegar in it, and I was like, <laughs> "Better be." I was like, "If you put vinegar and baking soda and things, that's like used to clean them." But I wasn't yeah. really thinking about the whole volcano aspect because I was nowhere near my sink when I filled the kettle with vinegar and then put like a bunch of baking soda in, and then all of a sudden, just this like volcano of foam came out of it. And I tried to quickly get it to my sink from the other side of the kitchen, which instead led to me just putting this like baking soda vinegar solution all over my floors, my counters, and ultimately in the sink. But yeah, yeah. It, that's well, kind of now, now your entire kitchen is clean. Well, 
yeah with clean with this like chalky vinegary smelling thing but yeah just like an eighth grade science class in your kitchen. <laughs> but it's literally like if you're like what did you do friday night i would say i tried to clean a tea kettle and then i had to clean my kitchen for three hours yeah um, but anyway that's enough about us we got to get to it here uh canada over the last week unlike us has been busy staying uh weird and bizarre and tonight on this episode of keep canada weird we're going to talk about just a few of the most bizarre things that happened. We're going to be going to a birthday party. We're going to hear about a fired cop. Yet another gift card scam will be discussed. And then we're going to end it with a, a rapid fire round of weird Canadian crimes that have graced the news coverage over the last week. Uh, Aaron, do you like birthday parties? Uh, it depends on the birthday party. Like if it's an adult birthday party where it's, you know, some food and drinks and everyone's cutting loose, I can get on board with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, children's birthday parties are generally the same everywhere you go. Uh, mostly stupid. And, Headache. Uh, yeah, yeah, loud. You know, I'm sober, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of tough to attend, but, um, but yeah, I mean, birthday parties. I mean, I don't care much about birthdays, to be honest. But Do you like cake? I ice, like cake in moderation. Yeah. Ice cream or like, you know, the oh, other kind. ice cream cake. Yeah, me as When well. I was a kid, like, I always wanted ice cream cake for my birthday. And my dad would never get me an ice Why? cream cake. I don't know. He would get, like, I, you know, I have two older sisters. And... Each of us would have a different kind of cake for our birthdays. My sister, you know, not to bring up Tim Hortons, but mm. my oldest sister always loved the Black Forest cakes that old Tim Hortons used to make. Uh, they were very good. So every mm. year for her birthday, she got a Black Forest cake from Tim Hortons. My The middle sister, she always liked ice cream cakes, and she always got an ice cream cake for her birthday. I always wanted an ice cream cake, but my dad would get me a white frosting Sobeys cake every year. Oh, uh, and man. I'm just like, why? Like, I just want an ice cream cake like my sister has. Yeah. Why do I got to eat old man cake every year? <laughs> um, well, I think you know what I'm getting at. We were just invited to a birthday party tonight. We're going to go. Uh, do you know... Uh, Miss O'Hara, you know, Millicent Romney O'Hara from Vancouver? Uh, not personally, no. Okay. I haven't encountered her in any aspect of my life yet. Well, let's meet her. Her name is Merle Millicent Romney O'Hara. She is celebrating her 100th and 11th birthday. We're invited. Listen to this. A centenarian is a person who is 100 years old or older, but there's a word for people a decade older than that. They are called super centenarians, and tonight Mike McArdle introduces us to one. Her name is Merle, and this is her 111th birthday. She lives at the Harrow Park Care Home in Vancouver, and today one of her favorite caregivers helped Merle celebrate her special day. The universal sound of love and warmth. Happy birthday. Thank you. You take yourself out. Go on. Robert wants Merle to be independent. Merle wants Robert. <laughs> Today she gets her way. Soon as Merle wakes up, she goes to see Robert, who works at the Harrow Park Care Home and cares for her. Too handsome. He's too handsome. You're too kind, bro. Too kind. She makes every day amazing. As soon as she's down here, she starts laughing, wants to hold my hand. 
Um, she's just fun. Are we gonna have lunch together today? Are you hungry? Everyone jokes she's my girlfriend, and uh, she asked me to marry her once. Aw. <laughs> right here, right now. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I said, of course. Right, Merle? <laughs> hand in hand. Happy birthday to one so young at heart. That was an amazing party. Did you have fun? Yeah, I had a great time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The first uh, sober birthday party I ever had fun at. Uh, a few things about that party that I want to break down with you. First of all, um, let's start with Merle's age. Hundred. Well, let's start with her name, Merle. I've never heard that as a f uh, female name. I've always known oh, that as a male. I don't know. It didn't stick out to me as odd, but okay. I mean, if you want to spend the entire episode on it, we can. No, let's go to her age. 111. Okay. And yeah. still like <laughs> yeah. smiling and laughing and yeah moving herself around in her wheelchair that's pretty amazing it's outstanding i yeah. mean at that age like i was wondering earlier like when i looked at this story and i was like do i want to live to 111 years old like with like if somebody gave you the choice like say you know you hit 80 years old they say okay you can have another 10 years or you can live to 111 what would you rather well i would always say i would live as long as my health uh can withstand and as long as i'm like cognitively there and healthy and not in pain or something i want to mm -hmm. stay around as long as possible maybe not like well there's like uh, the vampire thing where they uh they live forever so they have to see their loved ones pass on and stuff i think that was like kind of a thread within the movie interview with the vampire i, I don't know about right. that but if i can live to 111 and have my mind and body work at least to an extent that I can still like enjoy life and have experiences that are pleasurable. Hell yeah, bring it on. As but, long as I can still enjoy watching TV, like as long as I can have that and maybe get wheeled out and outside every now and then to get some sunlight. But mm -hmm. I guess that's all the quality of life I would need at that age. Yeah. Uh, the but, odd visitor, you know, um, but yeah. I want to talk about this visitor in the in the story. Yeah. Uh, I, well, the visit by the visitor, you mean her like kind of like nursing care sort of person. I think his name is Robert. The guy who she thinks is handsome. His name is Robert, and he is like her like a caregiver. So he's someone who works at the nursing home that we were at for that party. And yeah, yeah. the relationship that they had. Uh, some people messed like joked around that it she he was uh miss o'hara's boyfriend it certainly came mm -hmm. across that way well she asked him to marry her and he said yes yeah and that's and i don't know if she was joking i don't think she was but this this individual i think is dancing on a very fine line here with this woman of business and pleasure or of manipulation i think it's more he's accepting her love or her infatuation or her affection in a jovial way but you know if she really has feelings for him then he needs to be careful with that yeah and he needs to draw clear boundaries with her mm -hmm. that was one thing at the party i i thought he should have put her not put her on the spot but put the situation on the spot like let's address this uh i'm yeah. i don't know if he's married or what their relationship and the kind of the balance of power there from caregiver to 111 year old patient of mm -hmm. caregiver uh yeah the whole thing i'm pretty uncomfortable with and uneasy with he's only going to end up hurting her mm -hmm. emotionally in the end and is that what you want 
mm. her last days to be about heartbreak and rejection and betrayal yeah oh because yeah all of the natural and normal things to feel when when one person has feelings for someone else who doesn't have the same feelings in return mm. Mm. so i'd like to speak to this man you know if he listens to the podcast and just say you know you need to be honest with her now so that she can I mean, is he going to string her along until she, until... It's 115? Yeah, like, what's what's he doing here, you know? Is this kind of a... I don't think he's doing it, like, a, a strategically, but I think he's... Well, there there is scams where people will try to get in on a will and stuff, but... Yeah, you have to wonder about things like that. You mm -hmm. know, I'm not saying that's what's happening here, but I am comfortable with the listener drawing that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's something we can call it the listeners for. If people mm -hmm. want to hit pause, go to nighttimepodcast.com, click on contact, send us a voicemail, and let us know what you think about the relationship between 111-year-old Miss O'Hara and her much younger caregiver who's in a position of power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic they have there. Um, so, I, yeah, I'd like, I'd like him to stop, and I'd like him to be fired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, all in all, though, seemed like a great party. I'm glad to see her uh, enjoying life uh, in a, whatever way a 111-year-old can. She seemed to be with it and laughing and smiling. So good on her. Miss O'Hara, thanks for inviting us to the party. Yeah, and also divulge the secret. You know, how'd you do it? How'd you live so yeah. long? What's the what's the recipe that you have uh, working there? You if, know, you're gonna, you in, know. if you're going to do a news story about or even talk to a 111-year-old, how can you not like one of your first questions be like how did you do it what's your secret certainly she has one like she, so that's yeah, abnormal no, there's a secret there yeah mm -hmm. hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. I, want, I have a piece of listener mail that I want to get into... Uh, I was considering at the start doing this, maybe saving it to the end, but I just feel like right now is the right time. This is okay. a, a piece of mail from someone named D. Period Marie. And this is a roller coaster. You got your seatbelt on? I got it on always, always go. these days. We were just at a birthday party. Now we're heading to Morocco. You ready? Start our engines. Hello, Jordan Bonaparte and handsome Aaron Airport. I'm a listener from Ottawa, Ontario. I've been listening to the Nighttime Podcast for about two years now. I'm sending this voice message today because I have to say something regarding the ongoing discussion 
about Tim Hortons uh, that you guys are engaged in on the Keep Canada Weird segments. I'm going to preface this by saying, I guess I'm ambivalent about Tim Hortons. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I do think their coffee is subpar. I'll choose McDonald's coffee over Tim Hortons coffee every any day. Um, now that I've put that on the table, the real meat of my comment here is that I'm currently traveling. I'm in Morocco. Uh, I'm in Casablanca right now. Um, I'm not really a city person, so I'm I'm not loving my time here uh, too much thus far. However, it's only my first full day in the city. So I thought, what's something, uh, you know, relaxing I can do while I'm making this stopover? I'll go have uh, coffee at a nice little cafe that's nearby. So I punch into my Google Maps coffee near me. And lo and behold, I see a Tim Hortons four-minute walk from my hotel here in Casablanca, Morocco. So I'm kind of excited because I think of you guys right away. And I think, holy smokes, what are they going to think of this? Tim Hortons branching out into Morocco. I'm going to go. I'm going to take pictures of the Tim Hortons in Casablanca. I'm sending this to Jordan Aaron. All right. So I venture out today, my first full day in the city. Like I said, I follow my Google Maps to the location of the Tim Hortons. I arrive. I look around. There's no Tim Hortons. I went up and down the street where the Tim Hortons location was purported to be. I went up and down both sides of the street so I could have a good look on either side to make sure I wasn't missing it. I even went to the next street over to make sure just in case maybe there was a location error on, on the Google Maps or something. There's no Tim Hortons. I've been duped. So my question is this, what's going on here? What is this? How did this listing appear on Google Maps? Who put it there? Why? What's this all about? Is Tim Hortons behind this? Or is an individual behind this? I need answers. And I'd love to know what you guys make of this. What's your two cents? Let me know. Thank you guys always for such great entertainment and company on the podcast. I look forward to the next episodes, and I hope you both keep well. Take care. That was a lovely message. Um, that was, yeah. A lovely message, but a, a pretty compelling mystery. Do, do we want to tackle this with what we think is happening, or do we want to talk about choose going to another country and being like oh a tim's i'll go there mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> well that was initially what i was going to start uh throwing my salty darts at oh here we go <laughs> you know how um, about a, i'm going to set my timer for 30 seconds let it rip no but then the, the story kind of went in a different direction mm, so okay. now i'm kind of like uh, i'm kind of over that and now i'm wondering about this mystery but i we don't like to Google things on this show too often, but mm -hmm. I did do a quick Google of Tim Hortons in Morocco. So um, it does show a listing here for a Tim Hortons in Casablanca. And then there's an article here, a blog, the first Tim Hortons in Morocco should open in a few weeks, which is dated October 26, 2022. Hmm. 
So that means maybe it just hasn't opened yet. For, that's only four months ago, give or take. Yeah, so it could be just be held up at this point where they have it listed, um, but it hasn't opened yet. So I think that's kind of, I don't want to sit here and read the article, but. Mm, well, that, well, that's one possibility. Sure. An yeah. Another possibility, and I could say, I wouldn't put uh, Tim Hortons above doing something like this, is what if some company just like, uh, was considering opening in this city. Uh, so they just put like a Google Maps listing or whatever it is there and just see how many hits it gets. And if you know, it gets a lot of traffic, they're like, oh, yeah, let's maybe it's worth it. Let's do it. I could mm -hmm. see Tim Hortons doing something sketchy like that. Or I could see an individual just screwing with people like her. Maybe he has an apartment, like some nut has an apartment above that building. And every so often he looks for like a Canadian wandering around lost on the streets below and he throws a water balloon down at them. Yeah, or it's a great way to meet Canadian women when you're uh, in Morocco. Yeah, like a Moroccan man who's just dying to get or a... Or a Canadian man who's like, I'm so tired of dating people from Morocco. I need to date a Canadian, so I'm going to put <laughs> a, a fake Tim Hortons listing on Google Maps. As bait. And then, probably... Yeah, then he once, when, you know, like nine times out of ten, it's probably just some, you know, big hairy dude walking around looking for the Tim Hortons, but every now and then an attractive female yeah. is looking for the Tim Hortons in Morocco, and he's like, <laughs> ha ha, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> that, would, that, that would be evil, but that would work. I don't think it'd be evil, I think it'd be creepy, and, and uh, yeah, borderline inappropriate, but... <laughs> But then, you know, he comes out of the apartment building and he's like, I'm looking for a Tim Hortons around here. Have you look? And she's like, oh, no, I'm looking for the same thing, too. And then they strike up a conversation and then uh -huh. they fall in love and then they break up and then they get back together again. Mm. And then the end of the movie. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like that idea. I think it's yeah, I think what uh, D period Marie walked into was a bizarre bait and switch uh, luring kind of thing by a man or woman in Morocco who's hoping to meet a Canadian man or woman by putting a fake Tim Hortons listing very near their apartment. We're yeah. probably going to give some people ideas with that. Well, I probably shouldn't have Googled and found out the more probable answer in this situation is that it just hasn't opened yet yeah and that's why we don't google on the show we, i know we and i shouldn't have and I, I was thinking that when while my fingers were dancing on the keys and i was yeah. like oh, i shouldn't be doing this but i'm just gonna take a quick peek to see yeah. if there is a listing just to fact check our caller because we generally don't trust our callers on this mm. show well it, it, with what we've been through so far with misinformation coming from tim horton's corporate um spies and espionage yeah exactly tim hortons does have a lot of their um you know co cohorts kind of call into the show and mess around with us yeah, and, and gotta, try to take us down in response to us telling the truth about the yeah, company and if we don't do our due diligence then yeah then we look like yeah. the fools and then we lose credibility and then our fight to take down tim hortons is lost yeah as they which is exactly what they're planning but i think when it comes to facts on this show on keep canada weird let's not google let's go with our gut and i think the best facts mm -hmm. just come with your gut like they, that right, could be you're right i think with the way people say it is like that's my truth so, so let's like, then go back to our our gut reactions of you're but, in morocco why don't you have some moroccan coffee and then you know if yeah. that's the term moroccan <laughs> moroccan moroccan yeah why don't you have you know the local coffee and stay away from the devil's coffee 
I do the same thing as her. I don't. I don't shame her at all. Yeah, but you're a you're a massive hypocrite with Tim Hortons. No, I think that's just my truth. That's what I would do. Yeah, the truth is you're a hypocrite. <laughs> Maybe that's like my truth. we all. I mean, I've I've mentioned this a few times on the show. I, I do go to Tim Hortons once in a blue moon out of pure desperation when there's no other options. You go to Tim Hortons by choice every single day, <laughs> sometimes multiple times a day. And, and then I, you sit on this show and you complain about them over I and know. over again with me. It's awful. Uh, I don't like being called out. Let's move on. Yeah, Let this caller has 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 put a rift between you and I, and it's not good. <laughs> we have to stay strong and united. Yeah. Uh, so let's move forward. I think we'll both be strong and united by our, um, I don't know if it would be head shake or eye roll or just mind boggle at this next story. This is the story of a fired cop. We've covered several cops who uh, did foolish stuff and lost their jobs as a result, but this one I think may take the cake. Uh, this story of a fired cop will take us to, more, to northern Manitoba. This actually happened last March, but the reason it's on tonight's plate is because um, they were just charged uh, as a result of that uh, just recently. So here's what happened with the world's, I guess, most bizarre cop in northern Manitoba last year. Mm -hmm. And a bizarre story out of northern Manitoba, a former RCMP officer has been charged after he's alleged to have gone hunting while on the job. Now this happened last March. The officer was driving towards Bonabonabee Cree Nation when he came across a caribou and attempted to hunt it illegally using his patrol issued rifle. He fired two rounds at the caribou, but actually missed and hit his own police car instead. Now, nobody was injured. He reported the incidents to his supervisor and he resigned and was discharged a few months later. And yesterday, 34 year old Carl Tabaras Chevery was officially charged for using a prohibited firearm in a careless manner and hunting without a license. Oh my God, that's a bad day. <laughs> what, like, what is this guy thinking? Here's the thing. He's on duty in his cop car. He sees an animal that he wants to hunt. He doesn't have a license, but that doesn't stop him. He uses his like issued gun, like his police gun. Somehow he ends up in a position where he shoots at the animal. He misses and hits his own vehicle. And then he tells his boss the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, he tells his <laughs> boss. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess how can you hide it? Because he probably knows, like, how do I say, like, a criminal shot at me without them doing, like, I don't know, ballistics or something and realizing it was my gun? Like, how do I – he's kind of busted. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's but, trying to get ahead of it, I guess. He's like, I need to be the narrator in this story so I can control the message. So if I'm the first one to tell it, then I have that power. What I was thinking, even if he did hit the animal, you, you shoot a caribou or whatever it is, is he going to throw it over the – top of his cruiser and just like drive like in his uniform drag the dead animal to the cop car put it on top of his cruiser and then drive it home with the cruiser covered in blood i don't think it was thought that far through in the moment it, it, he must have had some time to think was he really he, hunting hunting though like or was this like a, a, a mistake of opportunity he got freaked out or something by the by the animal being there and shot at it or you know well, like what it, think of this though. He had to get so that the animal was between him and his cruiser for him to miss the animal and hit the cruiser. And you're not going to shoot a caribou from like point blank range. So I'm picturing there being a pretty, like he is like out in a field somewhere shooting at the animal. Mm -hmm. 
like in order to be in that position to miss and hit your car. Yeah. I think it's exactly what it sounds. I think he's thought I'm going to kill this and it's going to give me a bunch of meat or something, but I don't know. Like, yeah. Like there had to have been some reason as to why he wanted to shoot it. Some value to this, to this trophy that he wants to doing it right now. And there's so many crazy parts to this yeah. and, and crazy mistakes. Um, for one hitting his own, vehicle like that's just nuts even if it was if he wasn't a cop who just some guy went hunting and ended up shooting missing and hitting his own vehicle that's crazy yeah. the the other um crazy mistake is just the fact that he decided to do this while on duty like i'm gonna pull over my car and mm -hmm. go get this animal again he has no how's he gonna get it out of the woods you know and, and then telling your boss then getting losing your job facing charges for like you know hunting without a license and all this stuff this guy yeah. is just out to lunch. I, I I have a feeling he did this to be on the show because this is like perfect fodder. Yeah, it's one of those stories where it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make any sense. Like you would know if you're on duty, you're in your uniform with your cruiser in terms of, okay, I'm going to shoot this animal. I, how It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. So that cop I'm going to consider a stupid criminal that was a crime what he did i'm going to move on now to a story that is another crime but i think this is perhaps much, well not perhaps it is definitely much more well thought out this is going to be a kind of an up-and-coming gift card scam maybe not even up and coming it's it's here this particular story is going to take us to calgary before i play the story though and we hear what's going on what are your thoughts on gift cards? Like, you know, like a gift certificate or the, the plastic gift card. Do you like getting those as gifts or receiving them? What do you think about these? Um, I, I don't, I don't <clears throat> really have an opinion on them. I mean, really? I've bought them before for people when I don't know what else to get them. And I get a gift card to the liquor store or to mm. whatever. I've I've bought them a number of times over the years, but yeah, me too. Do I like receiving them? They don't really bring me that much joy. It's I, mm, I, I don't I just, hate them. No, I don't get disgusted and vomit when someone gives me one <laughs> or scream at them. I just have this like issue. I think with gift giving, especially when it's like this monetary thing in a lot of ways. But I find um, the gift cards they really like they only benefit the business because for one, they can expire over a period of time. Tons of people lose them or they don't spend the full balance and, you know, in a couple dollars gets lost in the shuffle or whatever. Uh, or you get, as well as you, rather than just giving someone cash, you're also tied to that particular store. I just mm -hmm. find the whole thing, it's it favors the business Well, then what's so your much. opinion on like a, a Visa gift card that's just $100? I feel, I feel much better about that. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't have any problem with it. And it's maybe it's stereotypical being Italian, but it's this uh, giving someone a envelope for their birthday with cash in it. I think I like that. It's like, here's cash. Just go get something. As a kid, that's what I wanted. As an adult, that's what I want to give people. And it's Miss Nighttime who talks me out of it usually. She's like, you know, my son's going to a birthday party or something. And I want to just give like cash to his friends. And she's like, are you crazy? Well, cash at a kid's party for a kid's <laughs> birthday is fine. I think. I think so too. 
Yeah, because kids get a real kick out of cash and, and they don't have much of it. So it's quite exciting for them to get some. But I think it's great for adults too. If I, if you're, let's say you bought a house and I'm going to a housewarming at your place or something. Yeah, but how much money are you going to give an adult that's going to make a difference that they're going to care? Like if you well, gave me $40 in a card, I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but what if everyone who went, 10 of us, I'll give you 40 bucks and now you got enough to buy... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> everything's expensive now groceries <laughs> yeah that's why cash for an adult i think unless it's a very specific thing like a wedding mm. it makes a lot of sense to give cash because most people do and it adds up to a nice little start for that couple and but cash for an adult's birthday cash for an adult yeah i, I can't see that being really anything that that adult is going to be like why why are you giving me this? Everyone likes I have cash. a job. <laughs> um, well, I think giving you a bunch of gift cards also is dumb. But gift cards I are... I agree. I'm not going to argue that. You know, gift cards are borderline with me. Yeah. Well, gift cards, they have this other... I say they benefit the um, the business in a lot of ways because, again, a percentage of them aren't used or fully redeemed and absolutely. such. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but another thing they benefit is gift cards are like the currency for a lot of scammers. You you hear so many scams where people are trying to, you know, they get you on the phone and convince your grandmother that she has a virus and the only way to fix it is by sending them like a $100 or four $100 gift cards. And, you know, all these sorts of things are always, the, these scams are always going on with gift cards. But this particular story that I want to talk to you about that takes place in Calgary, it involves like a different take on that gift card scam that I don't think I was aware of people doing this. Listen to this. A Calgary woman is out hundreds of dollars after recently purchasing a gift card only to find out that it had no value when she tried to use it. It's an unfortunate type of fraud targeting customers in retail stores across this country. Mark Villani has more on the scam and tips on how to prevent it from happening to you. This is the gift card I bought. Cynthia Braun purchased this $400 Ultimate Dining gift card. She got it at a local shopper's drug mart as part of an offer to receive 50,000 Optimum points. But when she sat down for dinner at a Swiss chalet with her husband to use it, her card was no good. And we went there and lady said, your card's at zero. I said, what are you talking about? I haven't used it at all. Braun says her card's number matched the activation number on her receipt. She kept the card safe and can't understand how someone else could have obtained that information. She reached out to Ultimate Dining, which said the full $400 amount was used at a Taylor's Landing restaurant only located in Ontario. The company conducted an investigation, but emailed her back only to offer a $50 replacement card. And I haven't used it. I haven't touched it. Nothing because I'm like, you know, that's not enough. That's not right. Braun has since filed a police report, but she's not alone in this scam. The Retail Council of Canada estimated losses of nearly $4 million from gift card fraud alone in 2021. Bad guys are scooping up a bunch of gift cards, taking them somewhere, and putting labels over the barcode. So the cashier activates the card that you think is for winners, and it's for the liquor board in Ontario or something. It's why experts say gift cards should be kept off store shelves and only available behind the counter. Getting them from trusted websites is also a safer option, but retailers and consumers should always double check before ringing through a purchase. Verifying that it's the same um, make as it is on the gift card. So if it's a, a specific gift card like Best Buy, that it's actually showing it's being credited to Best Buy. And after taking all those right precautions, 
this Calgary woman still wants her money back. It's just, it's, it's sad that people are getting ripped off for something they're honestly paying for. So I don't know how well you could follow that, but it, it seems like what people are doing is they're stealing like the unactivated um, gift cards, taking them out of a store and then putting a sticker over the code or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that way when, and, and then sneaking back in the store and putting them back on the shelf. So someone buys it, it gets activated. And then they have some way, the scammer has some way to know it's been activated and just uses it before they do. That's kind of like, I guess like a smart kind of scam that would work. In, a, in, in that ad, we heard them suggest, just don't keep these things on the shelves so that scammers can't steal them or something. Yeah, it has to kind of um, fall back on the store you're buying it at. I don't really see it being something that you would go to head office for of whatever company you're buying the gift card of. Like the if you're buying the gift cards at a shopper, local shopper's drug mart or whatever, then it's up to that local store to make sure that the cards are safe and kept in a in a way where scammers aren't going to be able to access these cards and tamper with them and stuff yeah mm. i remember um just this i think maybe just what, listening to that story it reminded me of one time i was just walking down the street and there was just like gift cards all over the ground um they they were still like the actual little card was still connected to the rest of the packaging but it was pretty obvious that someone probably just grabbed them off the shelf and probably some kid or something and took them outside but um but yeah it's like it's it's nothing to grab them and walk away with them they, i know they're they're be. totally at arm's reach like yeah. when when i go into any place that sells gift cards walmart mm -hmm. anywhere they're right there mm -hmm. so if, um, if if you just scratched off, if you took one home and scratched off and looked at its number and then put some fake little scratch off part back on and put it back on the shelves and just, I don't know, logged in every day or two checking all the numbers you had, eventually mm -hmm. they'd be activated. And that, it's yeah, probably something it's like that. It's happened to us at, at work when we've purchased um, like Visa gift cards or MasterCard gift cards as giveaways at um, for like prizes at Christmas parties and things like that. There had been a handful of them that were scammed. Mm, wow. That's that's not but I guess for if you're a shoppers drug mart or Walmart or whoever, by putting the gift cards behind a counter or somewhere where you got to ask, it's probably going to cut your sales of those. It gift probably cards. is. It probably yeah. is. But there yeah. needs to be something they can do because this happens all the time. What about this company offering her $50 uh, as credit for her scammed $400 gift card? Again, I think that's oddly, I, I feel like that's fair because the the crime is happening on the ground floor of the store that is selling the gift cards mm -hmm. but but they're buying an agreement between the customers buying an agreement between them and then this ultimate dining gift card company whatever it is so yeah i, I don't know I don't... The, but the company is is shipping the gift cards to the retailers you know uh and, and getting them to to sell them like from the company's logistical obligation that they've they've fulfilled their side of it and then the store mm. has to be able to provide its own security provide its own i mean it's kind of complicated but i think at the end of the day it boils down to the store mm -hmm. 
I can see that. And it's, I think like really the, the best, the fair result here, I think is the gift card company gives 200 bucks and shoppers gives 200 bucks, but there's no way to uh, get these companies both involved in making it right. But I think, I think there's problems on both sides. But there has to be some other way to administer these gift cards, like some other technology or something that can be done to at least limit the amount of scams that are possible with them. Absolutely. Um, and, and they could see if, if you recall from the story, she could see where the gift card was used. And it was like she bought it in Calgary and it would have been used shortly after at some place in Ontario. It's clear yeah. she, it'd be mm -hmm. easy to prove it wasn't her. But um, yeah, it's oh man, I, I think that's an ad for give people cash at special events, not gift cards. <laughs> you must work for a cash <laughs> oh, company. It's a big cash company. <laughs> Let's get on to the, the final, but perhaps most exciting segment of this episode. I'm Aaron Habel of Generation Y, and with me is Jack Luna of Dark Topic. We'd like to introduce you to Marooned, a new podcast that's sure to capture your attention. Tales of the catastrophically lost are what we have to offer. Hikers swallowed by the woods. Explorers discovering nothing but destitution. True crime calamity, oddities of harrowing human experience. It's a museum of misadventure. So pack a lunch. Subscribe to Marooned wherever you find podcasts. We are waiting. Please hurry. Thank you. Although we did talk about a cop committing a crime and losing his job in gift card scammers, the next segment of the episode is going to be a kind of a rapid fire round where we're going to go through a series of crimes that took place across Canada, give or take within the last week, uh, that are all quite something. Let's start with, um, hmm, let's go with a stolen wheelchair, weapons, and crack. That's what I'm going to call this one. This happens near Victoria, BC. Let me read this to you. This is a, an article by CTV News. It says, Two people were arrested Monday after police said they were found riding in a stolen wheelchair while carrying a variety of weapons and drugs, including 14 grams of suspected crack cocaine. Members of the RCMP's bike patrol unit were on the Galloping Goose Trail in View Royal, BC around 10.30 a.m. when they encountered a man and a woman in a wheelchair that belonged to the Victoria General Hospital. While arresting the suspects for possession of the stolen property, the officers uncovered a, a variety of unknown pills and drug trafficking paraphernalia in addition to cocaine. In a statement Thursday, police said they also uncovered a knife and a collapsible bat baton, baton, a collapsible baton. Mm -hmm. Both suspects were under court-ordered conditions barring them from possession of weapons. And then the RCMP is quoted here. This is exactly the sort of proactive drug and property crime enforcement that our bike patrol unit was designed to address. Our unit patrols the West Shore year round, rain or shine, keeping our trails and our communities safe. So how do you end up stealing a wheelchair with weapons, cocaine, and a bunch of other drugs? Yeah, who did they steal the wheelchair from is my first question. Just the hospital. Somehow they were in the middle of all this. They were in the hospital and left with a wheelchair. Was that in the article? No, but how else do you or get Is that it? how you imagine it? That's my truth. How else do, <laughs> how else do you end up with, um, with a wheelchair from that hospital other than going in there and taking it? Do you think they bought a stolen wheelchair? 
while I selling just, drugs. I just, I don't know. In my mind, I just imagine them pushing someone out of a wheelchair and taking that wheelchair. Oh no, with the baton, the whack in the knee, and like knocks the old yeah, lady yeah. out of the wheelchair. And... Yeah, it's not their first wheelchair that they've stolen. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, but, but let's focus on a crime committed by wheels is solved or these criminals on wheels are caught by police on wheels in in the bikes oh yeah so i guess um bike trumps wheelchair is that what you're saying no i just whenever i think of police officers on those bikes in downtown like we don't have them in my local place but um like you know you see it on tv you see kind of the, the police officers on bicycles i'm like do they ever catch anybody like what a I find an awkward kind of vehicle for our police officer to be on. But. Well, according to the police in Victoria, this is exactly the kind of thing they were designed for. They've just these. Well, cops yeah, have been driving but how often is waiting. this particular crime happening? <laughs> right. Yeah. So I want to know because they seem to really push the fact that hey, our officers on bicycles caught these caught these bandits in the wheelchair. So they really pumped up the fact that they have this division and that this division caught somebody. I feel like they haven't caught anybody in their entire existence. And this division has been under a microscope for a long time. And then finally, there's criminals in a wheelchair and the police officers on bicycles finally made an arrest yeah and they're, they're like, like see, we were telling you the whole time. Yeah. We knew we knew. Quick, get the press release out. <laughs> yes, yes, you're keeping your jobs and your bikes. Uh, now, the next crime story from Canada I want to get into. I've invited my son, my 10-year-old son here, because this involves the theft of collectible cards, um, which surprisingly, like when we were kids, Aaron, hockey cards were a big deal, baseball and basketball cards to a lesser extent. Oh, yeah, yeah. But hockey cards were huge. I've always thought like cards will... <laughs> card cards will never come back it's like that's like a dead thing it turns out that cards are back in a big way if you recall um, this is several months ago we did a story about a, a comic book store that was right next to a bank and there was a heist at the comic book store because they sold they stole pokemon cards <laughs> mm -hmm. well my son has a small fortune in Pokemon, invested in Pokemon cards <laughs> just for listeners bud who don't understand the value in cards how much how much money is there to be made out there in cards be it pokemon or otherwise uh very much what's your very most valuable much. card mine i need to think about that what's the most valuable card you've ever seen um does that have to be in real life no it well, can be a in better a dream. question out of all the pokemon cards you have how many of them have you stolen oh it, it, it ah. includes from your brother <laughs> you should see the negotiations that happen oh in this house. My. Oh, my nephews are the same negotiations. Yeah, and they're vicious. Let's get to this story, though, because this one doesn't necessarily involve Pokemon cards, but no. here's what's going on. And again, if, if I didn't already say, this takes place in um, Edmonton. Surveillance images last week showed someone breaking through the front door and stealing as much as $75,000 worth of hockey and other collectible cards. Today, the owner of the same business says RCMP have now solved the case and they've returned a big portion of what was taken. I am surprised. It's, it was close to half. 
Close to $35,000 worth of cards, says Luke Crisby, and all because someone didn't know cards, especially ones with the highest profile players can be tracked. There's always a serial number, and the serial numbers matched the one that was missing, and they called us right away. We contacted the RCMP, and the uh, individual was caught on camera. The matching serial number belonged to this guy, Wayne Gretzky. This special edition card is one that a suspect tried to sell days after the Leduc break-in at another card shop in Edmonton called Frogger's. Not the hockey player to pawn in a town that knows the difference between good cards and the great ones. I asked him about the card and he didn't know anything about it. And I just don't understand how you have that big of a card and you don't know any information on the card. So it's off a couple of red flags for me. Once the RCMP figured out who their suspect was, the EPS helped take him down. Along with those retrieved cards, they say they found collectible cards from other shops and also seized an assault-style rifle with nearly 150 rounds of ammunition. The recovery of over $35,000 so far of this property is extremely significant, and we're really happy to be able to return that property to the property owner. Luke Crisby says he'll call getting half his stuff back a win, and he's thankful so many people played a part, as well as an assist from the great one himself. I think uh, going to like a card shop to sell expensive cards and not being able to like talk nerd with <laughs> the card mm -hmm. shop to sell it, it's not going to work. <laughs> no, they only want to sell to other hockey card nerds. So. Yeah, and, and there's never when you go to these kind of shops, it's never like just this straight transaction. It's you're there, like you got to like hang out. Oh, you, you got to be able to talk the stats, and you have to be able to talk the history of the card, and every fingerprint that it touched, and <laughs> yeah, it's it's part of the culture. But huge I red have, flag. Yeah, I have a theory about this crime, though. Okay, uh, you know. It could be a bit of a long shot, but let's see. <laughs> I think it's Wayne Gretzky's fault that this card was stolen and then tried to be sold uh, at a at a ver at a at a hockey card shop close by. It's a hundred percent Wayne Gretzky's fault. Explain, elaborate on this. The reason is is because the the individual breaks into a hockey card shop, or mm -hmm. you know and a collectible shop and steals a bunch of cards and has a Wayne Gretzky, you know, card that's going to be worth a lot of money. And he's like, well, I know there's another, there's another card shop, you know, what was it? 40 kilometers away or something, whatever yeah. it was. And he's like, it's, it's, it's going to be risky trying to sell it there, but it's the only place I know. It's a lot of risk, but this individual thinks, back to a very famous quote from Wayne Gretzky, which is, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. <laughs> and that empowered and the criminal? And then that empowers the criminal to say, you know what, Wayne Gretzky is right. I'm going for it. And then he goes in to the shop and the guy's asking him questions about the card and all the guy can say is, you miss a... 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> That's the one thing he knows about Gretzky. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you, you said that three times. What, you know, where did you get the card from? Yeah, you miss 100% of the, yeah, I heard you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, what a mess. But I'm glad they got the guy. If you run a small, like a hobby shop and you lose like 70 plus thousand dollars worth of cards, your chances of getting half of them back are like beyond slim to zero.
very, uh, so rarely would they ever get it back. This guy's very lucky. And but the, another thing, when they when they arrest the criminal and they get go to his place and take the cards back, he also has a, like a machine gun and a bunch of bullets. So what was this guy up to? And and crystal meth. Oh, did he have crystal meth? Well, yes, probably. there was crystal meth there too. So I think ultimately there's the Wayne Gretzky theory that I have that I support, and then some may theorize that it was the crystal meth that inspired all of this. Uh, I go lean more towards the Wayne Gretzky theory. Um, uh, son, ten year old. Do you know anything? Do you know who Wayne Gretzky is? Would you know that name? He has no idea who that is. Well, he's not a Pokemon character, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sometimes I get a surprise uh, by things that to us are just like common knowledge. Yeah. But it's completely over his head. He would have no idea who Wayne Gretzky is. <laughs> yeah, Wayne Gretzky. I mean, it's Wayne Gretzky. He, yeah. There was, there was, he had a serial, the, the. Uh, Pro Stars. Pro Stars. I'll tell Him you, and older, Bo okay. Jackson and Michael Jordan and who else was on Pro Stars? Uh, Bo Jackson, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and there was someone else. It'll I'm not going to Google it because I already used up one Google point. Shaquille O'Neal. It will be our. No, truth. it wasn't Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> <laughs> I um, know it wasn't Shaq Diesel. <laughs> uh, Shaq Fu. Um, I share a birthday with Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, weird! What a great segue into our. Oh no, we already did the O'Hara story. Thanks for joining yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Now we're going to end with the crime of the night. Here, I'm going to summarize it with this short quote from the article that I'm going to read. And this will explain, and I guess this quote will kind of break down how nuts this is. One of the lines in this article is he shot himself while allegedly stealing a puppy, but now he won't face trial after a cop slapped him in the hospital. So here's yeah. what happened. Peel Region Police say a man who alleged... Okay, actually, I'm going to do this as two segments. This is a crime that happened in December of 2019. Um, the, the criminal was arrested, but just recently, we learned that the charges were dropped against the criminal. So first, let me read you an article that summarizes the original crime back from December 2019. So we're talking about a pre-pandemic world. Mm-hmm. Peel Regional Police say a man who allegedly stole a dog at gunpoint in Brampton Friday evening was arrested after he shot himself in the leg while attempting to flee. Police said officers were called to Schuyler Circle in the area of the Gore Road and Cuttrell Boulevard around 7.30 p.m. for reports of a robbery. Investigators said a man advertised a nine-week-old puppy for sale online and had agreed to meet with the suspect to sell the dog. When they met, the man handed over the puppy, at which point the suspect allegedly pulled out a gun, refused to pay, and ran away. At that point, the suspect accidentally shot himself in the leg and fell to the ground, police said. He suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Oh, police said he suffered non-life-threatening injuries. The puppy, meanwhile, was unharmed and was returned to its owner. A 20-year-old Brampton man has since been charged with the robbery and firearms offenses and is scheduled to appear in court Saturday. So that's like a, I guess, like a Facebook marketplace mm -hmm. crime gone wrong. You try to stick someone up to steal a puppy in the process of getting away and putting your gun away. The gun's loaded and you shoot yourself in the leg and the cops show up. So is this a trophy dog or something? Like why? Did you not see the pictures of this puppy? No, I didn't see the pictures. No. Literally the cutest dog I've ever seen. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, we're talking about what brings a person to commit a violent crime, you know, when you're pulling a gun on somebody and robbing them. That's true. Like, 
for a dog. There it, are lots of cute puppies in the world, and and that's not uncommon. I find all dogs cute. Mm, I think but, this one is exceptionally cute, though. Sure. Okay, I'll take that. But I just wish when they posted these stories where someone robbed someone at gunpoint for a dog, they would ask them why, why this dog. You know, track the person down if you can or whatever. Just do a little legwork and see if you can get an answer to that. Because I just find that... Now, I've heard about people who drive around and steal animals, you know, at yards and things yeah. like that. And then they sell them on the internet or whatever. I've heard of that. But this is like a little different because this person is answering an ad online and going to the person's house, meeting them face to face, pulling a gun on them and taking the dog. So it's a it's a it's a bit of a further step than yeah. driving around neighborhoods and scooping a dog out of a yard and driving uh, off. What I wondered was like, was it to keep the dog or to sell it for profit? Um, yeah, there's just a lot of questions there. Is to it's a different level when you're when you're pulling a gun on somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, let, let's get to the update. So all that happened again in December of 2019. We're expecting this to guy this guy to do hard time for the theft at gunpoint of this puppy or the attempt at theft, shooting himself in the leg. It wasn't punishment enough in my mind. Here's the update just over the last week or two. The update is that the, the charges were dropped against the man due to the way the police handled him back at the hospital. I'm going to read an excerpt of the article. So it says uh, that announces this update. It says two officers were stationed outside the man's hospital room on the night of his arrest and were and were relieved by two other officers in the morning. The man testified that when he awoke in the morning, he asked if he could contact a lawyer. According to his testimony, one of the officers replied, suck a D. The officer, <laughs> the officer in his testimony. I was wondering, just to stop for a second, I was, I knew when I, you know, I read this story earlier today and I knew you'd be reading it on the show. And I was wondering if, how you were going to approach that quote. I was going to say a D. Suck a D. Yeah. So the officer in his testimony denied that allegation. From there, the suspect and that same officer began exchanging insults, as you would after someone says that to you. The suspect admitted he insulted the officer's physical appearance and told him he'd be in a lot of trouble for not arranging for him to contact a lawyer. The judge acknowledged the police officer was provoked by the man's insult, but wrote that that, that should be no excuse for assaulting him. I would expect an experienced police officer to act professionally and should be able to ignore any such provocation, the judge wrote. After the exchange, the two officers came into the man's room and, and were said to have closed the door. One stayed by the door while the other approached the bed, held down the man's uncuffed wrists, wrist, calling him a pussy, and backhanded him across the face three times. The officer then returned to their chairs outside the room. As a result of this whole situation, the perpetrator had his charges stayed, which I guess means dropped. Stayed? Dropped? I can only assume. I. Yeah, so sorry if the reading of that was a little all over the place because it was a long article that I kind of summarized. But ultimately, he got in an argument with a cop after asking to call a lawyer. Uh, they said nasty stuff. But he stuff. also insulted the cop's appearance. Yeah, they made it clear that he insulted his physical appearance. What do you think he so said? Have we seen a picture of this cop? Can we Can we? The only picture we or? see is the dog, and it's adorable. So the cop isn't adorable then. So I'm, I'm thinking the cop the has like, of? I think the cop has like a mole maybe on his face or like something about him that 
the phys- that it's something he's sensitive something about. Something he's sensitive about because he backhands him three times. And while the other cop is like watching the door, it seems yeah, like Yeah, so other- was the other cop at one point in time one of these cops has to be like, we're going to get in trouble for this. Yeah, like we're not going to give him a lawyer and now we're beating him up. Now we I'm close watching. the door and I'm watching you just slap him multiple times across the face. While you guys are arguing. Um, well, we're talking about cops here. We did, Earlier this episode, we talked about one cop who shot his car while hunting on duty without a license using his cop gun. I know, but like, <laughs> I just, maybe I'm just trying to put reason into a situation where there's none. It's unreasonable. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm just thinking, like your job, like every everything, just to slap a guy. Yeah, that's a. I wonder if there'll be much discipline. Well, I think I've wanted to is. slap you, and if we recorded this in person throughout the history of this show, there'd be multiple times where I would have slapped you. It'd be good radio, right? Backhanded as they did. Well, calling your face me. Uh, well, after I shaved, times. when I shaved, you called me one of the words I that. Did. Well, that was off air, so it never happened. I said on air that you did it, though. Yeah, which... you said, but that's hearsay now. <laughs> I think it's on the public record. No, it's not on the public record. That's your word against mine, and uh, despite you know the the mountains of voicemails of people. Uh, uh, you know, um, de- uh, demoning my character, villainizing you, demonize mm. the demonization of handsome Aaron Airport. Yeah, I think we. Yeah, I still people trust me more than you. You're the least trusted person on this show. <laughs> yeah. uh, that may be right. Um, well, this story with the dog, the shooting in the leg, the slapping. Oh, it's all insane. Um, but it's just another day in weird Canada. It doesn't surprise me at this point. No, it doesn't, but it always has me stop and say, wait a second, like like with the two cops, like there's two of them there. Like I can see if it was one of them and, and, and the argument, you know, we weren't there for the argument, so maybe it was more heated than we realize and emotions came into play and someone lost their cool and started slapping the other. I can I can wrap my mind around that, but when there's someone else in the room, uh, yeah. Mm. it's hard to really i i just wish we were there we could know what was said what was Mm -hmm. really said and what really happened and we could really do some journalism here yeah which we're not actually looking to do no we're just exploring um our truth just we just like painting a picture of (laughs) of guesses and uh (laughs) and wishful thinks yeah um well speaking of guesses and wishful thinks let's wrap this up we got some guessing to do off air i don't understand that clo- closer at all that you just tried to do there i just jumped in you i did the gretzky thing There's, yeah yeah you miss all the shots you don't take i saw the opportunity i jumped right in didn't work out you didn't see anything though there was no opportunity there i just you just started it. mangling together an awful closing statement <laughs> out of nothing uh, you want to try one then do better show me goodbye <laughs> aaron until next time jordan Until next time. Uh, Don't shoot yourself in the leg or miss what you're shooting at and hit your cop car. You don't listen to 100% of the podcasts you don't download. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mandate to keep Canada weird. But let us also call out to you for even greater support in this mission. If something weird happened in your town, let us know about it. 
And the best way to let us know is by sending us a voice memo via nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. Now I'm going to start wrapping things up, but before I do, let me give thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides the intro and outro voiceovers for this series. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you to every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, Nighttime would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed, Richard, Ginny, and Tanya. Thank you for your generous support. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it by way of a premium feed subscription, you can help Cape Canada Weird by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas, want to give feedback on the show, or would like to contribute a question or comment to be aired and responded to in an upcoming episode, you can do all that more at nighttimepodcast.com. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, let us know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. Hi. Her name is Elspeth. Elspeth Tassioni. You know her as the offbeat but brilliant defense attorney from The Good Wife and The Good Fight. You've been a very busy little bee. Buzz, buzz. Now, she's in New York with the NYPD. This is very different. Better. But still using her unconventional ways to find the truth. You're trying to sniff me, Miss Tassioni? <laughs> Elspeth, new series Thursdays on Global. Stream on Stack TV.